Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. And welcome in, everybody. It is an interesting time to be a part of the last word on sports media podcast because it's March. We've got the NCAA tournament. Uh, you've got baseball spring training going on. You've got the NBA and the NHL winding down NFL free agency. My Lord, the Players' Championship on the PGA Tour. So many different things that are happening, and we're ready to talk all about it from a sports media standpoint here on this podcast. I am merely the somewhat capable host, TJ Reaver, coming your way from Indianapolis, where I have traveled early in the week to do college basketball. What else in the state of Indiana? And the Northern Kentucky Norse winning the Horizon League Championship in an automatic bid. I broadcast that game on national radio for TuneIn. While we talk sports media, Will Haskett and I on the call as NKU got the victory over Cleveland State. They'll be in the NCAA tournament, probably a 16 seed, maybe playing Alabama, maybe playing Kansas or Purdue or Houston or somebody like that. We'll see if their name comes up. So I love doing the college hoops. We appreciate those of you um, that are big college basketball fans. Those of you that aren't, I don't know what's wrong with you. You've got to get into March Madness. It's the best thing going. It's the best month. These four weekends with championship week and the three weekends of the NCAA tournament, uh, they're unmatched in terms of the little guy battling the big guy and all the upsets and everybody making their picks. I know the NFL is king. I get that. I know college football has much more audience, but college football's never been able to figure out how to incorporate everybody and have the little guy have a shot at the big guy. And even in their new playoff format, it's not the little guys. It's just some more of the bigger guys that get the chance to be in the playoff. Yeah, nonetheless, that's what I'm up to. That's where I've been for this week. And we have a lot to get to on the podcast. Thank you for finding us, whether it's through our partnership with LastWordOnSports.com and their podcast uh, assortment of shows through a social media link. If you found us, it's Last Word on Sports Media. And I try to bring you different media members. And I'm going to do that here on this podcast and explain it more in a couple of moments. Follow or subscribe to this feed, and you will get much more than just this podcast. You'll get George Offman's Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. George is going to be a guest on this show coming up. George has got Darren Pang this week as his guest. If you love sports media, George has got a great podcast, and Mike Gill and Phil DeMont Mullen do a great job with uh, the Announcer Schedules podcast, breaking down who calls it well on the national level, radio and TV, insight analysis, guests there. All of that's on this feed. Follow or subscribe, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. All right, we'll get into the guests uh, here in just a moment or two. Rob Stone will be here uh, shortly. I love Rob's insight as the studio analyst uh, extraordinaire for Fox for their college football coverage, including the Big Ten, Big Noon Kickoff, uh, the Big East Tournament in basketball going on this week. I want to talk to him about that. And then obviously Rob anchored the coverage of the World Cup. The, the Men's and Women's World Cups are on Fox Rob was in Qatar for the, the World Cup, eventually won by Argentina in the dramatic finish in the World Cup final. He'll have insight on all of those things. I look forward to hearing from Rob Stone. And then we've got two guests that are on to unfortunately talk about what I'm going to talk about now here for just a moment or two on this podcast and talk about it more with them. And that's the unfortunate passing of longtime Tampa Bay Rays radio broadcaster Dave Wills, unexpectedly dying at the age of 58 this past Sunday. I was uh, shocked, saddened uh, to learn on Sunday morning while in Charlotte, North Carolina, getting ready to do another college basketball game, the Big South Championship game, uh, with UNC Asheville eventually winning that tournament. I, I was there Sunday morning in position to broadcast the game, had everything set and ready to go, and about an hour before we were to go on the air, the word had gotten out, social media and otherwise. I got phone calls, I got text messages, then it's on social media, that Dave Wills had passed away unexpectedly at uh, at age 58, 18 years as the Tampa Bay Rays radio broadcaster, along with Andy Freed. They are, as you'll hear one of our guests in a few minutes, Steve Carney, talk about, they are the longest tenured they were, and I hate using the past tense, but I'm going to have to keep doing it uh, on these conversations. They were the longest tenured American League broadcast team, Dave and Andy, entering their 19th season. So, uh, just a shock for the Rays, the, the community, the sports community, and really for Dave's friends and family and everybody that's around him 
Um, this is just a, a, a an awful situation. Uh, David had some health problems, some heart problems that he was open about at the end of last year, uh, was better, was at spring training, was doing a raise game on Saturday, uh, broadcasting a game, and then passed away on Sunday morning. Uh, what a pro's pro off the mic. Uh, I got to know him better while doing Tampa Bay Rays national games for Compass Media in 2013. Dave was always uh, there to greet me when I, when we first got there, make you feel at home, talk back and forth about the club. A lot of times, you know, he's working every day with the team. A lot of times we would go a week or a week and a half without doing a game, and Dave would automatically volunteer. Here's who's playing well. Here's who's pitched well out of the bullpen. Help you out any way he could. Help young broadcasters, uh, and again, away from the mic, being willing to help people with whatever it was. What an example Dave Wills has set, and his legacy should live on, his memory should live on, and I'm sure that it will uh, here and in Chicago. And we'll tie that in with George Offman talking about it because George interviewed Dave Wills last year at length about his story, his success story, his rise to becoming a Major League Baseball play-by-play man. You'll hear that in George's uh, conversation with me, but you can go back and hear Dave Wills uh, on with George on this podcast feed. Just search this podcast feed for Dave's name, W-I-L-L-S, Dave Wills, the Tampa Bay Rays radio man. You'll hear his story. It's fitting. You should hear it. You should know more about him, and we should continue to eliminate eliminate the stories about him. To that end, one of his co-workers with iHeartMedia and Rays Radio, Steve Carney, who's one of my good friends in the Tampa Bay media, he will be here to tell more stories about Dave Wills. That's coming later on in this podcast. So again, our batting order, if you will, like baseball, Rob Stone will be up first here momentarily. The Fox sports host extraordinaire, Steve Carney with me talking more about the passing, the memory of Dave Wills. And then George Offman will be here twofold talking about Dave Wills stories from a Chicago point of view. And also his podcast with Darren Pang, the, the NHL broadcaster, the former goalie in the NHL. All of those guests are forthcoming. Why don't we get that underway right now as part of the last word on sports media? As mentioned, I have been looking forward to this ever since he said, yes, I can come on prior to the Big East coverage uh, that is coming at Madison Square Garden uh, later this week on Fox and FS1. Hello, Rob Stone, my long time ago Tampa brother from another mother who has now made it big and for years, not only with ESPN, but also with Fox has made it huge, large. Did I see you? I saw you at the World Cup. What are we talking about? I saw you at Michigan, Ohio State. What do you need me for anymore? Good to have you. How are things? Good to catch up. Uh, we're great. We're great. It's always good catching up with some of my old Tampa friends. We got a, <laughs> we had quite a little, quite a little posse back in the day. So, oh my God, I know my Tampa roots still run strong. Still runs. No doubt, as I publicly say all the time, I joke, I make him laugh. This man bonded with me back in the mid nineteen nineties, doing when I was doing local radio. He would come on on Fridays, and he knows this, and he knows where this is going. And and there was one occasion where the family was in town, and you stepped away from a family meal to do the radio hit. And I love you for that. And I've loved you for that for 25 years. For that kind That's of, good. That's that kind good. of broadcast hey, hey, loyalty. A, a promise is a promise, right? Oh, and, my and Friends do certain things that maybe they shouldn't all the time. Uh, you have now done this for a few years. And so from a media standpoint, uh, it never gets old, I have to believe. I've been there on one occasion for the Big East Tournament. What is this like to be there, to be around it, the drama, yeah. the excitement, the garden? It's it's um, I think it's arguably probably the most underrated entity that we at Fox Sports own and have. And I look forward to it every year. And in college basketball, you can say what you will about it, about how long people really care about it. Season. A lot of people say once it turns to March, that's all I care about. That's not me. Um, I grew up in the Northeast, so I, I always had a fascination with a lot of those programs in the Big East. And it, it sounds silly, but. Once you walk into Madison Square Garden, you'll understand what I'm about to say is it is a different place. There is an aura about it. There is a vibe about it. There's that kind of New York grittiness that is sitting in there. And then when you get a Big East environment where you get all of these fan bases flying in, uh, driving in, busing in, training in, um, it creates just some some magical moments and, and energy. And, you know, as a neutral, you always kind of want the New York City schools to do well because that translates into, into bigger, louder, maybe bawdier crowds. Uh, but now that UConn's back at it and what Providence brings typically to the garden, um, it's just it's just an amazing atmosphere. And there's so many basketball holics 
that enter that place and just care so much about the sport. And you can see it in these guys. I know it's the time of the year, but there's something about playing in that tournament and playing that environment that really changes the dynamics. And I think this year's Big East tournament is going to be uh, unlike others and, and very unique. It is not Villanova dominated, uh, so to speak, as it has been in years past. But that's not to say that we should be sleeping on Villanova. That's true. And Villanova obviously launched out of this Big East tournament and won the national championship in 2016 and 2018 out of this Big East conference. Uh, you know, you mentioned something that, that's fascinating, the the New Yorker, the New York sports fan, uh, et cetera. And uh, there is such a loyalty in and around this event because of that. Again, give people the idea when you're out on the streets, when you're listening to WFAN, uh, when you're at the hot dog stand outside the garden, et cetera, there, the buzz is there around Manhattan, around New York City as well, besides just for the actual game. And that's saying something, especially in the sports culture, when there's always something going on in the Big Apple. For sure. And there's always something going on at Madison Square Garden, sometimes two things in a day. You know, we're, we're lucky enough that we get to walk to work every day when, when we're working the Big East tournament. So, you know, it's just a couple block jaunt for us. And as we get closer and closer, you, you feel the energy, you feel the noise, you see the colors bouncing around, um, you know, the, the big screen outside that's promoting, you know, the day's games and, and you hear the ticket scalpers and it's a basketball town, right? I mean, I don't think there's a bigger basketball city than than New York City. And when their St. John's or even to an extent their their Seton Hall is doing well, they come out in droves. Um, the beauty about the Big East, though, is, you know, there's so many programs that are, are a quick, easy shot. Um, and that also called New York home. You know, that's that's the beauty about, you know, being the beast of the East in, in New York City is that, you know, there's these alumni bases from Providence and Yukon and Villanova and Seton Hall and St. John's and Georgetown. They're there. They're there. Um, either it's in New York City or, you know, the Jersey, Connecticut Long Island, um, New York area, they're they're dying for their basketball, particularly this time of year. So it's a different pop. Um, and also, look, if you go to the Big East to play basketball, I guarantee you in some portion of your brain, you are thinking next level. You're thinking NBA and you're thinking playing in Madison Square Garden. Uh, Casey Jacobson is, is part of our broadcast this year. And his first college game was at Madison Square Garden for Stanford versus duke um and he remembers it you know he's like i'm i'm walking with my bags i'm like this is college this is my introduction to college basketball is walking you know through this this maze of a garden and taking this cargo elevator up and then walking out and just seeing it and um it, it, it's just a different it's just a different vibe and there always seems to be magic happening in the garden whether it's rangers or knicks or um Hogan and, um, you know, Andre the Giant or Bob. We just or, had like or, the 40th anniversary, right, of, of Hulk Hogan winning the title from the Iron Sheik. And that's right. not lost on Rob Stone and me. No, because they have pictures of it in, in the bowels, yeah. in, the, in the area that I get to walk through and, and do my work. And I always stare at those those pictures <laughs> and just just the history that's been in that place is just it's amazing, and, and you you can't replace it, and I don't think you can ever replace Madison Square Garden. I think that's that is there for as long as we we know this earth. I love this man's insight, and we should disclose here: this man has got family meal that he is trying to get to. He's being good ah. to me before you get out of town and spend the week uh, in New York in and around championship week here and what's going on at the garden. So I only have you for a few more moments. One more, because again, this is a sports media podcast here the last word on sports media podcast give the folks an idea obviously you're not calling the games like the play-by-play -play announcers would be but you've got to set up every game with storylines and your prep you've been covering the regular season and the stretch run of the regular season but you've got a lot of info and a lot of teams and a lot of stuff to keep track of how do you compartmentalize it and organize it because it's a challenge every year at this time and you've been doing it for a while at a very high level yeah, you're always kind of finding what matters and, and what's next for those games. So obviously the big conversation right now will be either, you know, is this program on the bubble? Are they on the good side or the bad side of the bubble? What would a win or loss do to them? Big picture. Um, how many wins do they need to get into the tournament? Are they already a lock for the tournament? So are they fighting for seeding? Um, and then at some point, I, I don't know how much those teams think about it. I think if you're fighting for a potential one seed like Villanova maybe has in the past, that's in the back of their heads. But I think this year, 
Um, all these programs are are literally just fighting for the Big East title. I think Villanova is still sitting in that that conversation where if they make a run, they can they can earn that ticket beyond just winning the tournament, which obviously is the automatic ticket. Um, but the fascination of what Villanova has been, the coaching change, the injuries, um, and then this late season run makes them a really intriguing figure. Greg McDermott of Creighton saying the other day, like nobody wants to see this team in the garden. Nobody. <laughs> um, and and Creighton is a team that was top 10 in the preseason and went through some early injuries. And now they're firing on all cylinders. Now it's Marquette that is the quote unquote beast of the Big East this season, having won the regular season title and and the number one seed and the highest AP ranking of all, all the teams out there. What Sean Miller has brought instantaneously back to Xavier with his second stint. Um, what UConn, who I think a lot of people had really high aspirations for, remember they were up to number two in the nation early on in the season. They fell down, and now they're getting themselves back up. And And Providence this time of the year always is tricky. So um, I know those storylines in the back of my head. The fans typically do too. Um, and then we're just kind of tracking, you know, the humans that are playing, you know, Tyler Kolick is, is a guy that maybe not a lot of people know about, but odds are he's going to be your Big East player of the year, point guard for Marquette. Um, you know, and what kind of energy do these guys and, and you know, positivity do they they accrue in New York City leading into the tournament? Um, you know, the, the, ba- the college basketball tournaments to me, TJ, and I know you just got done working one, mm-hmm. are fascinating, particularly when you get to the to the bigger conferences. Um, the conferences where you're already going to get four, five, six, seven teams in. Um, you know, I think there's definitely a philosophy out there where it doesn't hurt you to lose in the semis or maybe even the quarterfinals. You've you've got that that anger and you've got some rested legs. Um, I can't tell you how many times you've seen a team and a pretty good team make a run and either win it or lose it, but they're gassed. And it shows up when they're playing on that Thursday or that Friday game. And I think that's why sometimes you see those those upsets early on where teams are susceptible, particularly when they're playing against those those smaller foes, those those minnows out there who won their conference tournament, got that automatic buy, um, you know, are, are playing on that typical house money, have so much energy and have nothing to lose. Um, and that's that's why we love. That's why we love this time of the year for college basketball. No doubt. And we saw a Syracuse team, as you know, that won five games in five days and made the NCAA tournament. Yep. We then saw UConn not only win five games in five days to win the Big East tournament with Kimball Walker, they went ahead and won the national title. So anything can truly happen with play your way in. in well, this just kind look, of at your, look at yeah. Georgetown. Look at Georgetown yeah, a, couple a couple years ago. ago at Madison Square Garden, you know, sub 500. And Patrick Ewing and company run the table and get to the big dance. Um they're going to have to do that again this year. And, and Georgetown, that's a whole nother conversation yeah. for another day. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, all right. So tons on college basketball. I cannot let you get away while we talk sports media. You covered the biggest event in the world, the World Cup. And it was different because it was not a summertime event because of the 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 seasonal differences in Qatar. Uh, it, it was uh, wintertime for us, yet summertime there. Uh, still, it's the world sport. It's the biggest sport on the globe. What was that like to be part of? And I know you battled through some illness. You toughed it out and got to take part of it. I mean, what was this like? Share it with the audience to cover it and be around it. So it was actually wintertime in Qatar. That's why they yeah. pivoted. Um, the The front days before the tournament kicked off, it, it was hot. And I was like, okay, I get it. But as that tournament kicked off and progressed, temperature and weather conditions were, were never a factor. Um, you know, I thought what I thought was interesting about this tournament was obviously, you know, the whole Argentina and Lionel Messi storyline and, and how it um, was going to be one of our focal points coming in. And then they open up with a loss to Saudi Arabia and then every game out essentially was must win for Argentina. And then they end up getting it. I think it's one of the great sporting stories that we'll see in our generation. Um, the, the turnout, particularly for, uh, you know, these Arab nations, particularly for the African continent, just because of the proximity that they had to where Qatar was and how they could get there. I thought that was a, a you know, I think we're going to look back in, in a decade or so and say, wow, that was the growth opportunity. That was the one that that triggered, you know, some of these these countries that we didn't really talk about that much in World Cup settings to get their, um, to kind of get their feet under them and, and to get this this fan base rallied and to get the government behind them, you know, to support them financially. Um, I think you're going to see great growth in countries and regions that you hadn't seen typically um, in the coming years because of what what transpired in Qatar. Um, 
you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, the alcohol and the politics. I'm not going to get into the politics. Um, I certainly, you know, don't agree with, you know, some of the things that they do. But I will say, you know, the way we were treated personally was uh, incredibly welcoming and warm, um, arguably the safest country in the world. I never felt threatened or um, uh, ill at ease, um, even just walking home from work at two in the morning. I, you know, I, I knew I wouldn't get touched. Um, and so that part was really nice. The food was fantastic. People want to talk about the alcohol, right? Um, let's just say I didn't have a problem finding a drink. That was not an issue. Um, I didn't go to any games, so that probably made it a little bit easier. Um, but it was a very welcoming, warm place. Sure. I'm glad I got to go. I don't know if I ever would have stepped foot in that country had it not been hosting a World Cup. And, you know, I, I do give them some credit in fighting hard to try and and host an event like this to to open up, you know, the eyes of the world to what their region is and what their country is. Um, I just hope that they reciprocate in in seeing how we as Americans or how our English broadcasters handled female employees, um, you know, and and other elements like that. So I, I think in the end it was kind of a a win win for both parties. I think we were able to educate them and and, and vice versa, where we learned. Um, you know, much more about their their world than than we thought we ever would. The soccer was brilliant. The storylines were fantastic. Um, and it's just another uh, another proof moment that soccer resonates in our country. Great ratings. I think everybody was worried, TJ, about, you know, the time and, oh, it's early and it's going to go against college football and NFL. And our bosses immediately were saying, it's okay because fall and, and during the holidays, that's when people watch the most. Mm -hmm. People are home. You know, that Thanksgiving week when the tournament really essentially kicked off, people are home. Um, they don't want to talk to the in-laws any, anymore. <laughs> they, would, they, they would love an out and, you know, a two-hour out or, you know, a 10-hour out of, you know, a quad header was was a great opportunity for so many people out there. And And there's so many people out there that I've talked to since we came back that were not soccer fans and were just kind of, tuning in because that was the thing that was going on, you know, and that's happened with soccer in years past. You know, when the, the U S women won the world cup here in the U S in 99, it was like a status symbol. You had to watch, you had to kind of know who Mia Hamm was and Christine Lilly and, you know, what the defensive pairing of Carlo Overbeck, um, you know, meant with, you know, a, another player. So um, I think there's a lot of people out there who said, all right, I have to watch this soccer thing. It's the holidays. My uncle's watching it. My cousin, my nephew, my niece is watching it and they got hooked. And and they understood what the sport has and, and how it draws people in and and the uniqueness of what Qatar was and the learning about it. And also the fact that, TJ, you know, all these stadiums were essentially just, you know, 20 minutes away from each other. And you could go to multiple games in a day and you don't see that anywhere, anywhere in the world. You know, these these state of the art stadiums, you know, I only had a few days off and we would on one of the days off, we would try to check all those, you know, those tourist boxes. And I'm like, oh, there's that stadium I've been sending it to. And then five minutes later, I'm like, is that another stadium right there? And, <laughs> and then another 10 minutes, I'm like, wait, that's another? That's And, you know, like maybe here in L.A., I get a little used to it. Like, oh, there's SoFi. And here's, you know, all right, here's here's the new home for the Clippers. And here's where the Dodgers are. And, you know, all right, the home of the Lakers, blah, blah, blah. And, and Galaxy and LAFC. But but in Qatar for a country and, and that many of these huge stadiums um, that are being wisely broken down and, and, and made to, you know, a manageable size going forward. Um, I found that really interesting. And for the soccer nerd that traveled and went there, it was a great opportunity uh, to see multiple games and, and to really kind of educate themselves about that part of the world. I love this man's insight. He's got to go in a moment or two. Let me publicly compliment you i was thrilled for you professionally when you got to do this the first couple of times and you've been doing it now regularly but you're a soccer guy through and through from the beginning and you had to yeah. have had a dream at some point to even be at a world cup now you're hosting from a world cup and doing a tremendous job so i am Thank kissing you. up to you but that's i mean i know that's something from 25 or 30 years ago that was important to you in your career and you're living it so i'm just saying that as a comment you don't even have to react to that but it's fun. It's fun to watch you uh, in your element and and doing that. One more along those lines. Let yeah. me check. Let me check these off the list before you leave. Uh, Jim Harbaugh and Michigan resurgence at the Big House to beat Ohio State. Rob Stone live at a at a Women's World Cup and or a Men's World Cup with the U.S. national team involved in both. And now the Big East tournament. You sit like I do and go. They pay us for this. 
They yeah, pay yeah, us those, to be at the. It's amazing, but those are those, those are really things good that happen. Ones. Yeah, yeah, those are great ones. And look, I I love my bowling too. You know, I know yeah. that's not going to resonate with a lot of people, but I I wouldn't be working bowling if I didn't enjoy it. Um, World Cups are something special. We have another one coming up in just a few months, July and August in New Zealand and Australia. The Women's World Cup uh, comes our way, um, and then it, it it dovetails right into college football season. You know what we've been able to do at Fox with Big Noon. Um, kickoff and big noon Saturday, that, that program window and taking the show on the road and going toe to toe with game day has been an absolute blast. Um, a, an incredible learning opportunity. Um, and you're right. It's just, it's, it's a stupid smile on my face all the time. You know, I'm, I'm looking at my bag right now. That's halfway packed for New York. Uh, and I'm smiling because I, I know how awesome and what a grind, you know, seven games in two days, the opening two days, the big East is going to be, but it's going to be worth it because I'm I'm going to be lost. I'm going to be lost in basketball and and seeing these talents and these storylines. And you're right, TJ. We're very very fortunate uh, that we get a paycheck for what we do. Love it. I know you got to go. Go get dinner with the family. Rob Stone will it. be working with Fox and their coverage on Fox and FS1 of the Big East tournament this week. So gracious to hang with me. I appreciate you always, my friend. Great stuff. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Again, love Rob Stone and his insight in the Big East Tournament getting underway on Fox. I'm all about the March and the March Madness. There's no doubt that we're all interested and excited in that. Again, I'm headed to the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference Tournament this weekend, not far from New York, actually in Atlantic City, New Jersey, is where that tournament will play out. Saturday night live championship game. This is the league with Iona and Siena and Fairfield and St. Peter's championship game Saturday night on TuneIn and the College Basketball Coast to Coast Channel. Looking forward to broadcasting that. Lots of college hoops. Selection Sunday on Sunday night with the bids going out. It's going to be tremendous. Uh, To that end, by the way, we're sponsored in part by our friends at Ticket Smarter. Uh, If you are looking for tickets this week, this weekend in the conference tournament championships for championship week, Use our friends at Ticket Smarter because they've got tremendous selection. They've got the most competitive prices on the secondary ticket market for all the March Madness games. Big East, Big Ten, SEC, Big 12, Pac-12, all these conference tournaments, even the smaller ones that are still going on and are still playing out this weekend. Get great seats at Ticket Smarter, the Ticket Smarter mobile app. Use our promo code HOOPS23 and get $10 off your order. HOOPS23 takes $10 off your order every time you use it all the way through March. Once the NCAA tournament field of 68 is set and all the different regional sites from Orlando to Sacramento uh, and on and on to all the other different places from Birmingham uh, to Kansas City and and on and on. Uh, Las Vegas regional site, Madison Square Garden again, regional site, Final Four in Houston. Use Ticket Smarter, the Ticket Smarter mobile app. Take $10 off your order. Our promo code is HOOPS23. Use it as much as you want. HOOPS23 for Ticket Smarter. Think Smarter. Ticket smarter. Let's continue on the last word on sports media, remembering the passing of Dave Wills and his legacy as a Tampa Bay Rays radio broadcaster. And let's continue that now. Well, as I mentioned earlier here, as part of the program, it is with a heavy heart that all of us right now in the Tampa Bay area, at least from a sports media standpoint, are having to talk about Dave Wills in the past tense, just an awful situation uh, with his passing. But I I promise here that we will dwell more on happy things, good things, his impact in and around. And no better, more qualified person to do that than my buddy Steve Carney, who for so many years produced the Tampa Bay Rays radio broadcast day after day, week after week, throughout summers of Tampa Bay Rays baseball uh, with iHeartMedia, with Dave Wills and Andy Freed calling the games. Steve still very much involved. Uh, with covering the Tampa Bay Rays, has his own site, the thestpete9.com. How much longer will they be the St. Pete 9? Uh, will they remain the St. Pete 9? Will they stay in the Tampa Bay area? We're all hoping so. But anyway, stpete9.com is the site. He also hosts the Under the Orange Roof podcast. That's the roof Tropicana Field, and when they win, they turn it orange. So uh, I got all the plugs in here. And again, this is uh, it's an awful circumstance that I'm having to talk to you. So first of all, thank you for being willing. But I know you're eager like I am to share good things and remembrances about Dave Wills. Welcome, my friend. I appreciate it, my friend. Yeah. For anybody that doesn't 
know Tampa Bay Rays baseball, uh, you may not know the names Dave Wills and Andy Freed, but Dave and his partner Andy were the longest tenured broadcasting duo in the American League, second longest in all of baseball. And the Athletic just two years ago named them the best radio broadcast team in the American League. So this, these are guys that were polished, that were uh, a and, and a complete joy to, to listen to. Even when I was producing those games, I found myself enraptured in, in many times, uh, especially early on when the product on the field was no good. So they ended up having to be the entertainment that was going on, and they, they did an amazing job of it. And obviously, different sports are different. I mean, football is so physical and, and has such a loud crowd at certain moments, and then it kind of quiets back down from play to play. Basketball is continuous. Hockey is continuous. Excitement crowd. Baseball, you have such long periods in between pitches, in between uh, at-bats and innings to fill, although Major League Baseball is trying to correct how much longer in between pitches. Steve is nodding and smiling because he knows uh, what we're talking about here uh, with that. But you you had to fill. You had to be engaging. You had to be entertaining. You had to tell stories. Uh, even especially around a bad team, you had to tell maybe more stories uh, and, and enlighten and encourage for the future. These guys uh, were great. Uh, at that together and for such a long tenure. And one of the cool things, and you were around when this happened, is when things turned for the positive in 2008 and suddenly the Rays, who had been nothing but bad in their entire existence, are are now conquering uh, the American League, winning the American League pennant and going to the World Series. What was that like to be on that ride with Dave and with Andy? Well, I mean, going on that ride in, in any sport is is fantastic. I mean, you know this better than anybody, having gone to the Super Bowl in, in 2020 with Tom Brady and company. Uh, and I think that having those bad years in front of them already, having come here in 2005, the last year of the Lou Pinella uh, regime in Tampa Bay, taking over that at that point, and then working in 2006 and 2007 with me, in Joe Madden's first two years, which were not very good, it made 2008 that much sweeter. We enjoyed being able to not just have to tell stories on the air about uh, you know what was going on. And, and Dave was the king of stories because he had so many of them from his time with the Chicago White Sox and, and then in, in the minor leagues with Kane County. Andy had his stories of coming up through the minor leagues, playing in, or in broadcasting places like Pawtucket, and Trenton and Port uh, St. Lucie. I, I really do think that being able to talk more about the product, the much improved product on the field made them even happier. It made their job certainly easier. And it made my job as their producer a heck of a lot easier because I wasn't having to feed so much of, uh, you know, little nuggets that they may have needed. And, you know, I'm not saying, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. Dave and Andy are probably the two most prepared broadcasters that I've worked with uh, on a daily basis. Uh, and they didn't need me for a whole heck of a lot, but I, I really did cherish those moments when I got to be uh, you know, with them working through things and being able to provide them with a, with a little stat here or a little nugget here, being able to go, hey, that was a 12-pitch at-bat that Carl Crawford just had, or hey, that was B.J. Upton's uh, second steal of second base against this guy today, or hey, Carl Crawford just stole six bases in a in a game. And then mm-hmm. That's a that's a new American or a, a ties the American League record. Hey, Alex Rodriguez just had seven RBIs in an inning. You know, even bad stuff like that, being able to go, that's that ties the American League record. There were times that they needed me, and I was able to be there, and I cherish those moments even now. It's been 13 years since I produced a race baseball game. But he has remained involved and around all of it with the Tampa Bay Rays day-to-day at Tropicana Field and in and around Dave Wills, Andy Freed, and really the television broadcasters, Dwayne Stats, Brian Anderson, that, that broadcast in the local Tampa Bay market in the Central Florida region, Rays baseball game in and game out. That's why we love Steve Carney for his insight. SaintPete9.com is the uh, site under the Orange Roof is the podcast where Steve, on his own podcast, is telling stories about Dave Wills and the and the horrible 
uh, posthumous tributes that we now have to do. I don't want to steal the whole thunder of your podcast, but give me give me something. I, I know you had something even recently here because in one of your roles, you've got a new role and Dave, and Dave Wills was letting you have it uh, recently about your new role, right? Yeah, it, it, it was funny, TJ. Um, I got a chance uh, yesterday uh, after I had found out the the awful news about Dave's passing. Um, I was I got to be the official scorer of a spring training game at Tropicana Field for the first time. And I had told Dave the last time I had seen him that I saw him on Thursday when uh, he and Andy were there uh, getting ready. And they were, they were there to watch the game, but they were also preparing for the weekend. They were going to have the Yankees uh, at Steinbrenner Field, which turned out to be Dave's last game, uh, a 14-10 win over the Yankees and then they were going to have the game against Baltimore on Sunday. And so they were in, they were in the office getting their homework done. And I said to Dave, you know, Hey, I'm going to get to be the official scorer on Sunday. And he looked up at me with that, with that Dave Wills sly grin that he used to have. And he would go, don't screw up or I'll let you hear about it on the radio. <laughs> and, so, and I was like, I was like, well, when have you not given it to me on the radio? Exactly. <laughs> screwed up. And so we, we, we kind of chuckled about it. First inning, uh, you know, we find out before the game and we're all devastated. We're all heartbroken. First, uh, top of the first inning goes by, no problem. And I, I got through all my, because I'm also announcing everything that's going on in the press box, uh, you know, when for first pitch, for whatever pitch violations are going on. And so uh, I get from the top of the first, no problem. Bottom of the first inning, uh, the Rays ended the inning by lining into a double play. And so I, I do, I put the, the double play in my scorecard and I lean down to, to say into the PA microphone the, what, this, what the scoring was for it. And, you know, double play is 5-4. And I look up and I kind of looked like maybe that wasn't the case. And I kind of looked at, I thought for a second and I went, correction, double play, six, four. And then I looked up and everybody kind of looked at me and I realized I had it right the first time. Mm -hmm. And so I leaned back down and I go, nope, I had it right the first time, five, four, double play. And I'm, thank and you. I'm, and and thank you, Dave Wills, for rattling me days ago, oh, right? Man. On the first and inning so of the first I, official scoring game that I'm doing. Turner turned around and someone from the Rays PR staff was sitting there and he just kind of looked at me and I went, you know, Dave is probably laughing right now. <laughs> and I know he was, that's him. That, that was the sign from Dave Wills yeah. that, that everything was going to be all right. And I, I smile, I'm going to smile about that moment and, you know, for as long as I do this. And so, uh, you know, Dave was always very important to me. There, there were many, there were a lot of people that helped me early on, in my radio career you know this because you're one of them mm -hmm. and you know dave and andy uh, with the Rays broadcast were so important uh in when when i when i was there uh working for them uh you know every single day and i know i can't pay them back i knew i never could pay dave back for all the help for all the advice for all the mentorship that he gave me so i decided that i was going to pay it forward instead and so that's why i spend a lot of time talking with young broadcasters especially on social media my dms are always open for young broadcasters if you want to if you want to have a uh, an, uh, a listening ear hey you want you can you listen to my take absolutely can you give me some advice absolutely can you know for for my teachers hey can you come talk to my classes of young broadcasters absolutely I do it as often as I can because I try and pay it forward because that's what Dave and Andy did for me. Mm, well said by Steve Carney. Let's let's do a couple more things here. I know our colleague Matt Salmon told a story. Uh, Matt, again, was in and involved in and around iHeart uh, and, and the uh, Lightning broadcast along with the Rays broadcast. And he made mention because that's where Dave Wills had come from in and, in and around the Chicago White Sox and had been with their uh, pregame coverage, been in their organization before he got the Rays job. 
that that he was looking for, okay, can we maybe get into a White Sox game uh, one summer? And Dave Wills hooked them up. I mean, you can go read Matt's tweet under Salmon Says with two M's, S-A-M-M-O-N, Salmon Says, about how he hooked them up not only with outstanding tickets, but he told them where to go, the watering hole to go, right beside New Comiskey Park, whatever they call that thing now. And they the guy was there waiting on Matt and his guest, and, and it was just because Dave Wills – uh, made the calls and made the inroads you you were going to be taken care of. And you took that a step further. You said this to me off the off the last word on sports media podcast. I want you to say it on the podcast. That that was commonplace. He did that with everybody, Dave Wills, yeah. with ta- making sure they were taken care of. Elaborate. You, you learn in baseball, TJ, that if you wanted to know the right people and you wanted to know the right places, you follow Dave. He knew everybody that you needed to know he knew all the places that you needed to go it was because of dave that i became good friends with sean clancy who uh, who was the owner of foley's which was in new york city the big baseball bar across the street from the empire state building unfortunately had shut down because of the pandemic sean now lives here in the tampa bay region and does a lot of volunteer and charity work uh down here so i that's how i was able to meet sean clancy how I was able to meet the Bertucci family who run the patio, which was the place that Dave told Matt and <laughs> to go to, uh, right next to right next to uh, uh, what is now Guaranteed Rate Field, New Comiskey Park. Uh, you know, you're, I was able to meet guys like Rick Radzik, who, when I met him, was just a you know was an engineer who is now the program director of one of the most powerful sports talk stations in the country, ninety-eight five, the Sports Hub in Boston. Uh, you know, Paul Gad of Gad Broadcasting Services, who has helped me immensely in making sure that I've been able to get uh, broadcasts on the air uh, in many different uh, locations. You know, Dave knew the right people. And if you were around Dave, you were going to learn and meet the right people. And that's that's the sort of thing that, you know, is going to be missed by uh, by a lot of people around Major League Baseball now. Is and, not having Dave around. And again, in this community, in the Tampa Bay community, beloved, gregarious figure, he and Andy Freed on those calls. And the Rays have been really good in recent years. And it's a lot of fun to have listened to them through a lot of these uh, magical runs. They got all the way to the pandemic crazy season World Series that year where they where they got to go do the American League Championship Series with the Houston Astros in an empty stadium in San Diego. They San finally Diego. they finally got to travel. They weren't allowed to travel that year until the very end and to go do the LCS, go do the American League Championship Series in an empty stadium in San Diego. They made the Tampa Bay Rays go play two series with the Yankees and the Astros on what was a neutral, my God, you might as well have played on Pluto uh, field. They got to go do that. Then they got to go work the World Series on the, quote, neutral field in Arlington, Texas against the uh, L.A. Dodgers the same way back in 2020. And again, memorable stuff with those guys, those voices. And again, I've said this on uh, a couple of other uh, interviews and occasions here talking about Dave Wills. I'm going to say it here on the podcast. He he, he and his family, uh, and I hate to say past tense, he lived. His family lives a couple miles from me uh, right here in North Tampa. He is the unelected mayor of that neighborhood and that area Whenever there was a gathering, they were coming to Wills's house with he and his wife, Liz, to watch stuff, to do stuff. I can't say enough that away from the mic, what a pro this guy was with people, not even sports people. I mean, Steve, I'll just tell another quick story. Put this on social media one time. If you can find it, you can search it. We shop at the same grocery chain, at the same Publix grocery chain's uh, location. And so as a fun gag one time, they wanted him to make the announcements because I think it was during uh, a time when either baseball was in the lockout or whatever was going on. So he's on the grocery store PA making the announcements and he put it on social media. Attention shoppers. Today we have shrimp for $4.99. That's Dave Wills. That's the unelected (laughs) mayor. And we should we should continue to illuminate those stories, Steve Carney, about this man. One, one final time, anything else that we may have left out or anything else that you want people to know about this man, his legacy, his impact, because you've done a great job with it so far, but anything else, the floor is yours. Uh, it, it's about family. It's a, it, You've mentioned family, uh, and Dave was very big about family, TJ, and not just his immediate family, his wife, Liz, his two children, uh, but the the baseball family, the Rays family, the, the Major League Baseball family in general, 
and also the the listeners, the listeners to Tampa Bay Rays baseball, because they were family to him too. They would come up to him and you know, oh, I love you and Andy on on the radio. Well, guess what? Dave loved every single one of them as well. It's why he did what he did, and it's why uh, you know he's going to be missed so much is because he was every man. He would say that you know his job was to be good company for what at the time was bad baseball but he and ended up being good company for great baseball for so many years here in the tampa bay market and i i I had to laugh um there was a a podcast that came out this morning with keith olberman uh and he mentioned dave wills in his uh in his podcast which is heard by a lot more than my under the orange roof podcast (laughs) but still uh, but that mentioned that Keith, when he went back to ESPN in 2018, went to got an opportunity to do baseball play-by-play for the first time. He had never done it before. He'd been around baseball his entire life, but he's like, look, I I wasn't going to go slog in the Carolina League for three years or, or do whatever. And ESPN gave him an opportunity to do Yankees baseball games on ESPN radio. And he said he was sitting in media dining one night and um, going through an anxiety attack sitting there with John Sterling and Susan Waldman and Dave and Andy and started to, to go through the anxiety. And Dave said, look, he's like, you've done things like this. It's like, it's real easy. Just don't lie to your audience. If you, you know, say what you see and if you didn't see it, say it, say you didn't see it, mm-hmm. you know, never, never, you know, always keep your audience Tell the truth to your audience. And he said, and he said, and worst comes to worst, just bang on the window between our boots and Andy and I will come over here and, and fill in while you get sick in the garbage. Can. <laughs> <laughs> and I can totally see Will saying that in that moment in a playful, caring way to try to help yeah. ease the anxiety and the tension. And that's what you mean. Yeah, and that's exactly. And, and Oberman said, that's exactly what happened. He said, I laughed and I started to feel more like myself again. So. Uh, you know, that was Dave. Dave was that uh, it was it was all about family and everybody in baseball was family and everybody that listened to the Rays broadcast were his family as well. And I know that they love that, uh, you know, people love Dave. Dave loved them just as much. Well said, my friend, you gave me so much uh, giving of your time here. We encourage if people want to hear more about this under the orange roof is the name of Steve's podcast, wherever you get podcasts, stpete9.com to follow the Rays and their travails through spring training and into the regular season. He does a tremendous job, and it it was uh, only fitting that I bring him on here on the Last Word on Sports uh, Media podcast to talk about Dave Wills. You are part of that family. You should be, you are, of Dave Wills and that radio family and that bonding. I consider you extended family with me. We're hurting over this, but this is therapeutic here uh, about Dave Wills and his loss and the impact that's on it. And I know uh, the Rays will continue to do different tributes and different initiatives and different things to keep his memory going. And I am all about helping with that, promoting that. I know you are as well. Um, so again, Steve Carney, thank you. Thank you for giving me time because I know you're busy and you made time for me, but I know this was important because you've been doing this several times in the last day or two since the horrible news because people need to know about Dave Wills away from the mic. So thank you. Thank you, TJ. appreciate it. As promised, I wish it was a better circumstance to welcome back my bud, George Offman, from the Tell Me a Story I Don't Know podcast. Uh, We just had you on recently here with Last Word on Sports Media podcast. Uh, Unfortunately, though, it's in and around, at least at the beginning of our conversation, the death of Dave Wills. uh, As we have documented and talked about on this podcast, the Tampa Bay Rays radio broadcaster who passed away over the weekend. And I want to bring you on, George. First of all, thank you for doing this. You've been traveling I've been traveling doing college basketball, but in all seriousness, this is important. So we both work together to make this work. I wanted to have you on the podcast to pay tribute to Dave. So thank you for working with me, putting up with me on when we can do it and how we can do it. It doesn't matter how we make the sausage. We got the sausage made, right, my friend? So it's good to have you, first of all. Absolutely. Thanks. Um, Again, Dave Wills, uh, you talked to him at length for your storytelling podcast. What do you want to say? How should we reflect and remember on him? I hate that I'm having to ask you this about past tense, but how should we reflect and remember him? 
Well, first of all, he's the type of guy that I would be jealous of for this reason. Um, he was respected and universally liked. I mean, everybody liked or loved Dave. Matter of fact, uh, the last time I spoke with him, I think it, this, these were through texts for him to promote the Joe Madden podcast we had done last week. And he did that on a Tuesday and he did it on a Monday and he was happy to do it. It's great. Okay, wonderful. And then, you know, I'm in Tucson on Sunday and I get a phone call and it was just like, you must be kidding. I was just stunned like everybody yep. else. And when I saw the Twitter feeds from so many people in Chicago, you know, stunned but praising Dave, that's what he was like here. So to the people of Tampa, and please forgive me, Dave is a Chicagoan. Sure. He was born here, um, and he made his mark here. Um, and I remember Dave in his 20s when he started at Sports Phone. as a place that I began. And I'm not going to explain it all. It was with a phone, the telephone. So people who are in their 20s and 30s may not know what a telephone is. And he wanted to be a play-by-play -play guy. And he turned out to be a damn good one. And he did some of the White Sox games. I know that that's really in his heart what he wanted to be was the voice of the White Sox. Uh, then he wanted to be the voice of the Royals, and he finished second in that category. And there's a great story that he told to me about how he got the Tampa job, that they already had a top 10. And somebody said to him to send in a tape. He was the 11th guy. They made 11. The other 10 finished out of the running. Dave got the job. Yep. And I know he was like an institution in Tampa. He made the games. You know, I've always said this about play-by-play -play guys, that some of them – enhanced broadcasts he did he did that with his personality i mean he was one of the more ebullient people you'd ever want to meet and so naturally I, I in memory of him i put the podcast out that we did we actually aired it in june of last year probably did it in march it's still getting hits today it's still people are still looking at it listening to it commenting it's just what he was and one other quick story and you know Lou Canellas. Lou Canellas is a longtime sports anchor and personality here in Chicago. And the two of those guys knew each other in kindergarten. Mm. And both of them talked about it. And it was such a wonderful relationship that they had. So as, as sad as all of us are at his passing, the stories about him, is, is, they're pretty much the same. What I have read about him is exactly correct. It was about his personality, which was just like so wide-ranging. Well, and, and you should know uh, right now that I have traveled while you and I are, are talking. I'm in Indianapolis. I'm doing a mm -hmm. college basketball live broadcast conference tournament game. And I had two different broadcast people come up to me and talk to me about Dave Wills, uh, one that sort of knew him, one that didn't know him. And I, I said to both of these uh, people, I said, even if he did not know you two, he sort of knew this one, but he didn't know you. He would do whatever he could to help you if you needed something, if you needed a recommendation, him to him to call somebody on your behalf, even if you didn't know him. That's the kind of guy that he was. And we should just keep illuminating that helping people off the mic, uh, being willing to to give back and again, ingrained in the Tampa Bay community for the last decade and a half. Uh, working those games with uh, with Andy Freed. So again, we encourage everybody, go back and listen to Dave on George's podcast. Tell me a story I don't know. Search this podcast feed that you're on right now. Put Dave Wills' name in. It will come up. You can hear the podcast. George has done a tremendous job with others of promoting the link and, and sending it out. But you can find it if you're listening to us right now just by searching for it. And we'll continue to promote the link. But you can find it yourself. Just go to Dave Wills' name on this feed, W-I-L-L-S. You'll hear the whole conversation uh, about it. And again, I, I know his family, not well. They are devastated. The Ray's family is devastated. But there will be a time when they will pay tribute to him they will they will more than likely begin to do things where his memory will last on, whether that's a scholarship, things like that. That's what it should be, and people should know that. Anything else in closing about Dave Wills besides encouraging everybody to go hear him telling his own story, which is what you do such a great job at? Well, it's what you just said a minute ago about he, how he could help everybody, and he did in the case of getting Joe Madden for me, which you know the publishers of his book did not do that for me. And so I knew Rick Vaughn and Rick Vaughn was his right-hand man when he was in Tampa. And he still, I think, is part of his uh, Respect mm -hmm. 90 
um, a charity uh, group or whatever that is. I, I forget, forgive me. But I, I got in touch with uh, Rick and I got in touch with Dave. I said, Dave, can you help me? I really want Joe Madden for the podcast. And thanks to both of them, I got Joe Madden. So you're exactly correct. That's, that's what Dave was. He was very helpful. I, I love the fact that he told us that they had just built a new house in Chicago before he got the job in Tampa. She didn't want to leave. And I said, throw the shovel away. You're going to want to stay here. She loved it in Tampa. So he was right. It's like, it's time for me to leave. And he was 40 when he left. What a great move he made. Yeah, absolutely. And again, got to work the World Series as recently as 2020, calling yeah. it. Um, at great memories. We'll keep that memory alive. And thank you for what you do. All right, so one more plug. Uh, as George Hoffman hangs with me on the last word on sports media podcast, Darren Pang this week. Let's let's cheer it up a little bit. What a tremendous story with Chicago ties as a former smallish, I'll be kind, smallish goalie who's really known much more for the last 30 years of a national level broadcasting career. He's the guest this week on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know. Just preview and plug away so people can click that and listen to that on this podcast feed immediately before we're on with Darren Pang. Go ahead, George. Well, Darren Pang is kind of like Dave Wills. He's got that kind of personality. You know, he's a really likable human being, and he's a part of TNT's broadcast inside the glass. So he's between the two benches inside the glass. Same thing with the St. Louis Blues. And I think he was working with ESPN before that. So he really got into the broadcasting business when he retired in 1989. This is a guy who was five feet five, the second shortest goalie in the history of the NHL. The shortest guy had a nickname. He was called Shrimp. <laughs> what a wonderful story that was. And, and Panger immediately went into the broadcasting business. It was a natural for him. Um, another guy with an ebullient personality. He is just wonderful. So he tells great stories from box lacrosse, which like I never heard of box lacrosse, to how he was how he managed to be second in voting for rookie of the year for the Blackhawks. He only spent two years with them, but he was, this is a guy who was five feet. You never think that five feet, five listed at 151 pounds. He said, I was five feet, five, 135. That's all I ever weighed. Think about that for a minute. Five feet, five, 135. He's a national hockey league goaltender and he was a pretty good one. So great stories from a very personable guy. And if, if you don't like hockey, watch it when he's doing the games. But if you do like hockey, you're going to like listening to Darren Pang's Two Cents, which is more than a two cents. Yeah, and so many hockey fans know that name. He's covered the Stanley Cup playoffs for a ton of years for ESPN uh, previously, and now ESPN has the national yeah. rights back. But he's actually working with TNT uh, as well as doing the local stuff, as you mentioned, in St. Louis. So hear more from the Panger, again, with a Chicago tie from uh, George's podcast. George, you do such tremendous work. Keep up the good work. I know Greg Gumbel is coming uh, as well on a part two, talking about the NCAA tournament. Uh, hello with that. I mean, you're on a roll right now. Joe Madden, Darren Pang, mm -hmm. Greg Gumbel talking NCAA tournament on Tell Me a Story I Don't Know with all the great March stories of him being in the studio or him doing play-by-play -play back uh, 25, 30 years ago as he did for CBS in the NCAA tournament. I love all of this. I can't wait to listen to more uh, of these different stories being told. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you making the time. We made this work. We made it work to honor the memory of Dave Wills. Promote again that you can go hear him in his own words, and you should. It's a tremendous story. But thank you, George, for making this work and this conversation work. And thank you, TJ, because without you, who knows where Tell Me a Story I Don't Know would be. Take your credit, please. Take your credit. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you. You're far too kind with that. Be well, George Hoffman. Thank you. And there we go. Two guys that, again, intertwined with Dave Wills, one in Chicago, one in Tampa Bay, in uh, both uh, George Hoffman and before that, Steve Carney with me. Again, one more time in closing, I, I have my uh, deepest sympathies uh, for Dave's wife, Liz, his children, his family, all of his friends. Again, I make note, as I said to Steve Carney, I, I lived past tense, uh, and, and Liz and the family still live there, uh, five minutes from Dave's house. Uh, he is beloved. He is beloved in that neighborhood. He's beloved away from the mic. This is a tough blow, obviously, for the Tampa Bay Rays family, for the Rays fans. Uh, this guy's intertwined with Andy Freed on calling the games. I feel for Andy. It is not going to be the same. It's not ever going to be the same for him to sit there and not have Dave next to him as he has for the last 18 years, this unexpected passing 
uh, of a broadcaster that, again, deserves mention for as much of what he would do for other people as anything else. And you heard those stories here on the podcast. All right, let's liven it up one more time. We got March Madness. We got Selection Sunday. We got the Players' Championship uh, in golf, spring training, baseball, Anything that you would want right now, NFL free agency, all of it. We're all about it on the last word on sports media podcast covering it. Hope you enjoyed Rob Stone, his insight, his stories, as well as Steve Carney and George Offman with me telling stories about Dave Wills, etc. Make it a point to follow or subscribe to this podcast feed, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get podcasts. Last word on sports media. My thanks again to Mike Kovacs and everybody with last word on sports media uh lastwordonsports.com partnering up with us on the podcast go to lastwordonsports.com slash podcast see all the great podcasts that are there that we are part of uh, with their different feeds and what happens there all right for now we are good uh on this edition of the program enjoy all the mayhem we'll have a bracket this time next week for the ncaa tournament and everything that's going to unfold with march madness and what's going to happen it's a wide wide open tournament kansas the defending champ but you could make a case from any one of about 10 to maybe 15 teams that could win it all can't wait can't wait for the coverage on all of that for now we are good uh my thanks again to rob stone steve carney george offman with me i'm merely tj reeves on this edition of the last word on sports media podcast what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas these ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar fewer calories and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health shop now at hero.co